Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Here we are. Welcome back to another episode of the Just Press Play podcast. Joined by the usual suspects, we got Pops, LJ, and Uncle Tony back in the fold for another week. What's up, guys? What's going on, man? Loving life. Just another day where I had a, a parlay bet going into Monday night and I lost it. <laughs> that you know, I was going to ask you guys uh, just your thoughts on. I've read some other places that parlays are what the what the chumps do. It's what I like to do a lot, and I've read that that's the bad thing to do. And it makes sense if that's what the chumps do because I do it every time. Because <laughs> you kind of you look at it and you put like your three, you pick your three bets or four or five, whatever. And of course, you think all five are reasonable chance of all getting there and then it like shows you the the money where if you put in a little bit for the parlay it shows you that the how much you can win you're like ooh, well i already think they're all gonna hit so might as well just parlay it and it usually comes out to like four of them hit and the fifth one doesn't and so is parlay just the wrong way to do it tone it supposedly is if you uh if you have a um if you're really wanting to bet bet a little heavier and and then bet uh, and, and take some take some points off and really put money down it. And there is something to say about going money lines. And I've heard more and more people just using money lines and going with the team that they that they are looking for. But it's it's kind of like playing the don't pass line and craps. You know, it's really the best thing to do, but nobody wants to do it because you don't get paid. You know, as well as you do on the pass line. So, uh, but yeah. And I believe I believe. Uh Pops will get pretty angry at you if you play the don't pass line while he's playing with you. But the, the problem is, is you end up with you took the over in the uh, Ravens Chiefs game. And it was 54 and a half and they score 50 F and four. <laughs> and <laughs> and you hook, lose man. all that money. You got to always get the hook. Uh, either way, so you might not be at the game this year, but if you want to get in on the action, maybe hit a parlay or two. You can do it over at Bet Online. They got all the action going on. It goes the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable. We got, of course, the money lines, the spreads, the the over unders. You can even uh, do some prop bets on players or or different coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on win and division and championship futures. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, 
So we are recording this as of Wednesday night. So, I mean, this story is going to evolve a little bit, but I wanted to kind of start off with we've this the first moment of the year where we've kind of had COVID get into the NFL and we've seen the Titans and Steelers. The Titans have had multiple positive tests and they're now postponing the game to Monday or possibly Tuesday. They're making it sound like they're playing the game no matter what. Obviously, things could change. Yeah. Um, just to roll through what I've seen so far, they are postponing it to, quote, allow additional time for further daily COVID-19 testing to ensure the health and safety of players, coaches, yeah. and game day personnel. There have been five players on the Titans, including starting nose tackle Daquan Jones and five team personnel members that have tested positive. They've shut down the facilities until at least Saturday. So by moving the game to Monday, maybe the Titans do get one chance to see each other in person before playing an NFL football game. Um, I was curious, just what what's your thoughts, L? Kind of, we saw this in baseball, and it kind of rattled baseball for a little bit. Now they're in the playoffs, so I guess they've gotten there. But is this just a blimp? Or are they handling it okay? What do you think? There is no, I don't really masks. There's going to be hell to pay. Um, well, and I don't know if you see, they, they sent out another memo. Up, so last week we talked about all the fines and stuff that came from Coaches not wearing their mask right. And the NFL sent another one out to today or yesterday that was telling coaches, if you don't wear your mask right and do all the proper COVID guidelines, you could not only be fined, but there could be suspensions and draft pick for uh, forfeiture. I mean, so, I think it could even get bigger than that if because the, I mean, I think the deal is the NFL, whether you know, whether they're taking it super seriously or not, and I think they are. Um, they still got the public relations part of it. And so if they've got players getting sick and coaches running around without masks on, it's not going to make them look good to a lot of people. So I think they're going to start taking that insanely seriously. Like it could be games forfeited potentially. Um, I do like, so, and again, we don't know what's going to happen. They're trying to postpone the game. And I, I saw uh, Kevin Byers, a safety for the Titans talked about, you know, it, you just don't know. We They think they got it all figured out, but a guy can, most of the people that I think all the players that tested positive are all asymptomatic. And you could have gotten it, but not test positive until Friday. So things change if all of a sudden five more. So we'll see if they play. I think they're, like I said, they're planning on getting it done. They're planning on playing. Pops, what have you thought kind of going through some of this? Well, you know, I had COVID and it was a non-event for me. So, um, I mean, I think the guys can play. Uh, you got You got to suspend the game, though, and see how, how it falls out, of course. Uh, my main thing is that I guess I want to comment on is the wearing of the mask is is I do understand that you could uh, have a false negative. Right. But these guys That's are testing every day. They're with their team. I just I think if the players don't have to wear them and I don't see players wearing them on the sideline when they're sitting there, do they? So, Not that I'm aware of. So why do some the, of them have a little nest thing they can pull up. Why do the coaches yeah. have to wear it? And I, and I know it's up to the, the owners, and they can do what they want, but it, it, I, I don't know. It just seems a little silly if you're testing every single day to have to wear a mask if you're a coach. So, yeah, mind. I think part of it is kind of the optics, as LJ even mentioned, the PR of it, where like if the coach is not wearing a mask and all of a sudden there's multiple players popping up. And it does seem odd that you're just playing the optics when, you, when the players aren't wearing it. I get what you're saying, Pops. But we do – I think they're, from what I've seen, their whole uh, explanation for it is the whole false negative, like a coach could have tested negative on Sunday morning, but still it could have just been a false negative. I don't know. I did see it uh, 
interestingly, uh, Sunday morning, apparently the Texans almost had to forfeit the game against the Steelers this past Sunday because multiple players tested positive. So Sunday morning at 5 a.m., they got them out of bed at their hotel and had them retest, and it came back false positive, so they were negative. So it does show that tests aren't always accurate. Um, But I kind of see what you're saying. The optics are silly where, you know, Deshaun Watson doesn't need to wear a mask, but Bill O'Brien, by God, you better have that mask on. You know, what do you think, Tony? Well, I'm looking for a couple of things here, uh, really. Uh, You know, they are tracking players. Players have those uh, wristwatches that they're tracking where they're going. It's much very similar to the NBA staying in the bubble, right? If you're not in the bubble, right. You're, you're gone, but uh, they don't have a ball, but they know where they're going. So first, I'm interested to see where the Tennessee guys caught this. If they did a St. Louis Cardinals thing and somebody went to the casino or had had the cousins over. Maybe got for, some chicken you know, wings. or Yeah, or because other than a starting nose tackle, and, and they haven't told who the other, other staff members were, but – uh, I believe the tight end room must have had a party. So, because uh, you got your long snapper who's in the tight, who's a tight end, and your practice <laughs> squad tight ends got it. And, and so, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what what may have happened. That that'll be key. And I don't I don't know if they'll ever tell us that or not. But um, the players, so the players are more they have more stringent uh, uh, tracking uh, mechanisms with them. So I think that's why they're not wearing masks versus when the coaches are wearing masks. Now I've seen just about every player sitting on the bench has one of those neck things around them where they can pull it up. And I have seen some players that have actually been using it on the, on the bench and on the sidelines, but uh, I, I, I'm not going to say it's a double standard, uh, but, but you know, we'll see. I, I, to me right now, the biggest thing is if the Minnesota Vikings don't have a positive case if Minnesota, and as of right now, right, they reported they did not. They've had I mean, two straight days of no positives, and so that's a good uh, yeah. So if they, so the question will be Thursday. If they still have no positives coming out of that, I think things will continue to move forward, and we'll see what happens. Uh, and and we'll see if Tennessee can get through because uh, uh, if they get these next three or four days of tests in and get to Saturday, they can practice Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and have the game on Tuesday. I think it's full steam ahead. If they can't do that, uh, then, you know, if it's more than a nose tackle and two and a long snapper and two practice squad players, then I think we're going to, we're going to see some issues, but, uh, um, but we'll, but that, that's the key. If Minnesota comes back with no positives, I think everybody's going to calm it down just a little bit. Cause that happened with the Marlins, uh, and with the yeah. Cardinals in baseball, they didn't identify it quick enough, and it and they, they actually thought they might have might have had a spread there. So, but we'll see, we'll see. So, so let's go to that. I do think I think the game probably gets paid, played, but yeah, we'll see what happens. But so now the the Titans and Steelers, one of the or this is two of the seven unbeaten teams still left in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now moving over, how does this one affect the game? Just as far as you know, preparing for the game, and then two. If it's a Tuesday game, I, that makes a short week turning around, Tuesday to, to Sunday. What do you yeah. think, Pops? How, how does this affect a, the, a game against two unbeaten teams in the AFC? Well, I'll address the second point first. I mean, it's a quick turnaround. You know, welcome to 2020. I mean, 2020. No, yeah. Oh, the yeah, whiplash. I mean, it, it, is ex- <laughs> it is the year of readjust and 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 yeah. figure it out. And, and as we talked at the first of the year, the team that can get through this maze of – 
of stuff, the best is going to be the champion at the end yeah. of the year, not necessarily the most talented team, yeah. which may be the Kansas City Chiefs, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, yeah. So they might so come I, up. <laughs> it might come up. So, so you know, I, yeah, it, can, it gives them a, another day to prepare to go in. So that's good. It gives them a day less to prepare for the next game. Sorry about that. You know. Get, get, yeah. Just get it done. To, to your part about welcome to 2020, I don't know if we have any teachers here in this or just parents of kids in school, right? Like in, in grade school right now, but that they're, they're, they feel the same way. School goes from virtual to non virtual within an hour. So it, 2020 is the year of you better be ready to prepare on the fly. What do you think? So, Tony, that the Titans won't get a chance or not as many opportunities to be in person to prepare for the Steelers. They're doing all the virtual stuff, still watching film. What do you think? How does this? translate to on the field I don't it's I, I think it's worse for the Steelers than it is for the Titans and I'll say this if they play on Tuesday uh, uh, and they play this as a week four game the Titans actually on a bye week five I believe I was trying to look oh, at that schedule okay. that's certainly an advantage and uh, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh turns around and I believe plays Baltimore week five so wow. I would su- suspect that I needed to verify that for sure because I was quickly going through that but if that's the case, then I think you'll see where the NFL would move the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's next game to either Sunday night or a second Monday game in order to make that happen. Now, the thing about playing, if they play on Tuesday, if Tennessee's able to get in on Saturday, it's just like playing a Sunday game and playing on a Thursday night. You get Saturday, Sunday, but you get your three-day prepared, days to prepare, and then you play your game. So I don't think it'll be that big of an impact, plus the fact that they know they got the bye week after it. Makes so, it, it makes it interesting. Here's something to think about, and we'll see. I surely hope not, because here comes the gong. I got James Conner and Derrick Henry going this weekend, and that's Pittsburgh, Tennessee. And if they move out of that, I'm in trouble. There'll be a lot of people in trouble. But the way it works with the, with Tennessee having a bye and then Pittsburgh having a bye just the week after. There's some interesting things they could do with the schedule to make well, to, to not have them play this week and have them play uh, later on. Just to jump in real quick, so Thanks. the Titans, the Titans, Steelers are week four, and then the Titans go Bills week five, Houston week six, then a bye week. So they are the Steelers Bills. have I, Titans I obviously week that four, game. and then they played the Eagles week five, Browns week six, uh, then the Ravens at okay. seven. Okay. So there's no neither team has a bye coming up r- real okay. quick. Okay. I do think I, you, I mean you probably will catch the gong, but you this game a lot of people are interested in how this what, what happens to scoring move to the next week if it's played on Tuesday. Is it just going to be another Monday night game? There's a lot. I think for fantasy people, you are kind of like really paying attention to these headlines because these are two running yeah. backs that are on every team or in every league they're rostered and playing. Yeah. And I'll I'll give I'll give credit to the fantasy football uh, websites out there that are running running leagues. The big one, FFPC is a big league. MFL is a big league. And uh, they've already come out and said if these games play on Tuesday, that they will count in week four. If they play after Tuesday, they will count for the week that they're played in. So they already had their system set up to do that. I, uh, I We're in a league in, on a CBS site, and they have not made any announcements. So – uh, certainly, I think it would be up to the individual commissioner. But that's kind of the gig, right? If they can play by Tuesday, yeah. they can keep it in this week four. And there may be a situation in the past, I don't know if the IT department can go take a look, but um, where a hurricane or a tornado or something has delayed a ball game. Yeah, that's Tuesday. right. Let me let me ask them to get on it. 
<laughs> um, real quick, while while IT's working on that, I did want to, this game. I was really intrigued by this game before all this happened because, like we mentioned, mm-hmm. these are two of the undefeated teams, and I really, I think both teams could possibly be dark horses for a, a chance at making a run in the AFC. I think both mm-hmm. these rosters are good, but if we take a look, the Titans are three zero with wins against Denver by two points, Jacksonville by three. And the Vikings by one. Those are three teams that are combined one and eight, and they barely beat them. And then the Steelers, on the other hand, who we kind of joke about, you know, we uh, I've heard multiple people on this pod say they think the Steelers could be dangerous with a good defense and, and depending on what Big Ben is. The Steelers have three wins against the Joe Judge-led Giants, the Vic Savior Timeouts Van Geo-led Broncos, and the Bill O'Brien-led Texans, who are a combined 0-9. So we really don't know – how real these – I think they're both real, but we don't know. And I thought this game would be the one to tell us. Now we don't know when the game will be played, who's playing in it, how many days of preparation there will be. It, I was really interested in this, and now I still am, but for different reasons, I think, because I don't know if we'll know which team is for real. What do you, Any thoughts on some of that, Pops? Or? Well, I'm like you. I wanted to see these two 3-0 teams play, and I saw who they had amassed that record against. Uh, yeah, so I was very excited. What When was this game? Was it just a regular Sunday game? It was going to be a regular Sunday game. Okay, because I thought, I think I heard the Cowboys in Cleveland are Sunday night. Wow. Okay. Oh. Um, Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Woof. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I was looking forward to the game as well because Tennessee and Pittsburgh, like I say, two 3 0 teams. But it, if you had we, to we would choose find one out now, which one do you think is more for real out of those two 3 0 teams? I, I like if Pittsburgh. You had to choose better. like a, a pick. I, I mean, I like Pittsburgh because they got that Hall of Famer behind center. So, you know. <laughs> That, that's that's who well, I would I, would say I honestly, has the edge. I need a new sound effect. I, by looking at these records, when I saw when I saw Titans, the the wins are cl- like the the Denver win, as we know, which Goskowski missed a ton of kicks, so that was one reason it was so close. But it took a kick to win it at the end, where we all talked about Van Gio might have just mangled that on his own, and then the Jacksonville win by three, where it took a, a late field goal, and then that t- Vikings have looked abysmal. And it looked like at one point the Titans – I don't know how that – it was weird on red zone because I was watching that one and the Titans were down by nine and then all of a sudden red zone went back and they were kicking a field goal to take the lead. And you're like, oh, when that happened, that might have just been more about the Vikings than it was the Titans. Where the Steelers, on the other hand, I've seen them win a couple of different ways where their defense looked really good in one game and then Big Ben's looked decent in one game. James Conner looked good last week. I don't know how the Steelers always do it. There seems like there's another receiver every year that's really good for them that they draft in like the third or fourth round. Maybe they're just the only team that can draft good receivers late. I don't know. Really I would say the Steelers, are prob- the Steelers were probably the team I would most bet to be for real, but I really like Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Tony, do you have one out of those two that you think is more for real if you had to like lay a futures bet or something on them? Pittsburgh. It's not even close um, because, you know, right now uh, there's a A.J. Brown – He's got a bone bruise, and there may be something yeah. more significant with it. They can't get him well. If he's out for a while, that's going to be trouble. Uh, and, and so uh, Derrick Henry is definitely the better of the two backs uh, with James Conner. But I, I just think Pittsburgh has got more versatility on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and, and really, uh, uh, they're ahead on this one, I think, by, by a significant are you, amount. Are you riding – are you riding with the black and gold as well, LJ? Or are you saying well, Big Ben, wanna, the, the real, the LJ Big Ben will show up here soon? <laughs> well, I do want to say that uh, the thing, so if we're talking futures, the thing about the Titans is they tend to start season slow and then build as the year goes on. And Derrick Henry is probably the biggest reason for that. 
Um, so them squeaking out a bunch of wins early on is usually not something that they can make happen. So I do think the futures for the Titans, regardless of the the numbers that you threw out of their opponents, still looks pretty decent. But yeah, that Pittsburgh defense is just too good. I understand. I mean, I, I, I do dislike Ben Roethlisberger, and I do think that he just throws to a wide open receiver every every pass. But um, the the point is, that's a good football team all around. So and they look like it. They look like it every week. So. Well, and the Titans don't have to play Baltimore twice this year, so that will point. that will change things. Hey, LJ, just to clarify where you sit, would you would you really take Tannehill over Roethlisberger? I mean, I'm asking that sincerely. For this year, For, yeah, I'm asking that sincerely. You would, okay? I think I might. I, I think I might this year. I mean, Tannehill's playing good, no doubt about it. But um, I still, I still don't think I would. I just, think, I mean, I just I think Roethlisberger is a better quarterback. My, all, all kidding my aside, on Roethlisberger, my 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 general thought on Roethlisberger to just be completely serious is that he is a serviceable good quarterback that has great talent around him and is able to identify the wide open man quickly, which is a hell of a skill and can make things happen after uh, an amount of time. Like he stays in the pocket. He, he can withstand a lot. I just think that if he had, uh, he, he doesn't have the skill set a lot of, of a lot of the quarterbacks that we put, you know, in a, in a stratosphere with him. So that mm-hmm. that's my knock on him really when it comes down okay. to it. Well, shifting now from one future Hall of Fame quarterback to another future (laughs) Hall of Fame quarterback that we saw on Monday night. So I know we have fun with the whole uh, Patrick Mahomes is a generational quarterback and all this stuff. I always feel picked on on this show, by the way. I don't know what it is. (laughs) How big is the gap? Well, we'll go to Tony first because I know he's dying to talk about how big is the gap between Patrick Mahomes and the second best quarterback in the NFL right now? It's a pretty good gap. Um, you know, entering this third, this is his third year to truly be a starter. And um, fourth year in the league, I believe, if I have that correct. That sounds right. And, I believe um, right. Uh, this is when normally most players actually become the most acclimated to their position and actually move forward. Well, I think we saw, <laughs> we saw that. And uh, so I think there's a pretty significant uh, gap. Uh, so I, I, I there now, I, I think you could argue in some situations that is Pat Mahomes the best at his position better than Aaron Donald, who's the best at his position, or Stephon Gilmore, who's the best at his position. Who uh, now? I, I'm probably that's interesting. The- so the gap between Aaron Donald and the next best nose tackle is probably larger than the gap between Patrick Mahomes and I would, Russell Wilson. I would totally agree possible. with that. Yeah, it's it is certainly possible. I I think. My consulting service, Prestige Worldwide, would differ with that, uh, but I think that uh, I think you could say that. And I, I, you know, there's been times when we've had players like that come through at that position that just dominate for a significant number of years. But man, Patty Mahomes looks like he could. Uh, Patrick, we got to call him Patrick now. Can yeah, his mother. His mother said, "Call him Patrick." Hey, Patrick. Um, and one thing I've learned in, in my years of life is you listen to Mama. When Mama talks, you listen. Mama knows. <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, so, that's a Campbell soup so Pops, uh, commercial you, right there for you. She just bought herself a commercial. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so Pops, I know you were watching because you had some you had some skin in the game and you uh, came out victorious on Monday night. But Mahomes, thirty-one for 73 percent completion percentage. 385 yards passing, four touchdowns, and ran for a uh, fifth touchdown. What was your thoughts? I'm uh, just watching Mahomes just look like 
blow straight through what was before the Ravens the leading scoring defense in the NFL before Monday night. I, I think, and, and I'm kind of uh, going to answer the question you asked Tony uh, as well, but I think Mahomes is fantastic, and because of his age, talent, apparent understanding of the game, mainly age, I would take him over anybody in the NFL, of course. But I don't think the gap is that wide. You, Russell Wilson – Russell Wilson would would do very well with Andy Reid in the Kansas City offense, in my opinion. I think he is is an excellent quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I, what's his name, Love or whatever they drafted, did light a fire up under his ass. And I mean, <laughs> something sure did. Aaron Rodgers, you know, his age certainly I wouldn't take him, but is he playing considerably worse than Mahomes? No. Um, so I think those three quarterbacks are, are, in my opinion, the best in the NFL. Now, Mahomes is the guy I would take if I'm building my franchise, again, because of the things I mentioned. Uh, no question about it. But I, I think the gap is uh, between Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers to the next guy. And you might start throwing Dak. You know, I think Dak has had some good games uh, in that next yeah, tier. Yeah, we'll throw Nick Mullins too, but, whatever, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but so I don't think the gap is as big as is the what Tony alluded to. Aaron Donald, my God, give him the defensive MVP right now. <laughs> he is fantastic. And has been that way for, I'll, I'll say, any for thoughts? several years. Yeah, he's been the guy. I just want to echo – Any thoughts on that game or, I, and, or Mahomes or just – I just want to echo Pops' uh, thoughts is that, I'm, I mean, maybe even a little bit more extreme, I'm not sure that I could suppose that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I think that's a little bit of a lofty um, claim when there are so many great quarterbacks playing. I'm not saying um, that he is not in that list of, you know, three, four, maybe five, but – Real quick, LJ, if we swapped Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson straight up, just put Mahomes on the Seahawks and Russell Wilson on the Chiefs with the same coaching staff, same team, is Russell Wilson doing the same, if not more? Yeah, I mean, I in think, your opinion, I think so. I mean, I, I feel relatively confident saying that. I don't know if maybe I'm foolish. I haven't gotten to watch an entire game of either team this year, so um, that might be a factor here. But uh, Russell Wilson's playing lights out football, just like Patrick Mahomes is. So. I don't see them as like clearly one and two by a distance or anything like that. Well, and can I add to that? Let's look at the the tight end for Seattle and for Kansas City. Oh, check Kansas City. Let's look at the running back for Seattle and Kansas City. Check Kansas City. I know the guy's young, but check Kansas City. Let's look at the wide receivers for Seattle and Kansas City. Check, check, check. Kansas I do City. think Tyler I mean, Lockett is a much better receiver than we realize. Yeah, no, he's yes, good. I still, when you look at. Tyreek Hill yeah. and McCole Hardman and it just all the good receivers that seem like work out there. And I I think the biggest check of all is Andy Reid's scheming up. I just over and over again, the schemes they come up with, the concepts, you see it broken down by much smarter people than us on like Monday mornings and Tuesday mornings. And he is just undressing those defensive coordinators. And he happens to have Patrick Mahomes, who's maybe the best quarterback. So yeah. I think yeah. you're right, Pops. But I do want to say <laughs> that little, if if we're talking about which quarterback am I taking for, like kind of kind of you guys alluded to taking for like my starter team or whatever. I mean, you can't do much better than Mahomes. There's no doubt about that. Like he's got the age, he's got the skills. I mean, he's for real. Um, I'm just saying that I don't know that crowning him as the the best, and then we're just talking about the margin between him and number two. That seems a little bit absurd to me, especially when you look at someone like Aaron Donald, who I don't even know who would be the number two in that conversation. So yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even think about that, but when Tony brought that yeah. up, yeah, the, the 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 difference between those, the gap is much much yeah. larger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Now I I do want to answer that Seattle Kansas yeah, City go. thing. So and 
again, props out to Jacob on this one. He sent me this. And the thing is, you know, they're two different schemes. Russell Wilson depends upon the play action. They've built that team around a, 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 the ability to True. run the football. And, and, and Russell Wilson is killing people with the play action. I, we, you can make the prediction that two years from now, every single team in the NFL is going to be using play action more than they do now. But Mahomes actually plays into his scheme probably better than Russell Wilson plays into his scheme, but they're both great. If you flipped them, I'm not sure Russell Wilson would put up the same numbers that Mahomes does in Andy Reid's system. And I, I, I would say that it's, it's tough to make that comparison on the wide receiver core. Kansas City definitely has the best, one of the best tight ends in the NFL in Kelsey. Uh, but, um, you know, DK Metcalf, it's is a receiver monster. wise, it's very close. It's very it's close, close because Tyree Kill is definitely the star of that wide receiver core. But Miko Hartman and Sammy Watkins truly are um, role players in that they can't run the a full route tree like Tyler Lockett can. Uh, Tyler Lockett gets deep like um, like Tyree Kill, but DK Metcalf is more of a uh, a turn, uh, a turn and throw me the ball high kind of guy. So I, I think Russell Wilson is probably doing more with less weapons, but I think the weapons that he has are just as significant as the weapons that Kansas City has. I mean, hopefully that makes sense. No, that's, that's um, no, good. it does because yeah. Nicole yeah. Hardman can no show in a game, and you're not shocked. Tyler yeah. Lockett yeah. shows up every week, and DK Metcalf usually gets loose on at least one every week. Yeah. That I, 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 when I looked at the receivers at first, I was like, oh, it's it's a landslide, Kansas City. But then I started looking at some of uh, Tyler Lockett, and he's been just this year he's been targeted 29 times, and he's caught 24 of those for 83. Yeah. percent And over the last three years, Lockett has only dropped two balls. And uh, Russell Wilson has a 145.2 pass rating when throwing the Lockett. Damn. So Lockett is much better than I think we realize because he's kind of not big. He's not the fastest, but he always gets open deep. He finds a way every single week. He's always well, been a wide say, receiver too out there. Those are good points. And DK Metcalf has really impressed me in his second year. You know, he is. There's no drop off except he needs to cross the, the goal line. Obviously, yeah, cross the goal line <laughs> but before we start holding. That Leon damn Tyreek Hill. I mean, he has to scare the pee out of you because he can get behind you just that quick. He is. You have really to scheme. Fast. Your, your defense has to be built against making sure Tyreek Hill doesn't beat you and you yeah. get with Kelsey after that, and that's yeah. absurd. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, but I agree with. I mean, Tony, Kevin, you guys are dead on that. Those receivers in Seattle are nothing to yeah. turn your nose up that, at. That's true. Um, some of this that I, I saw this. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Dan Orlovsky for ESPN kind of broke down. You know the play. We got a fat guy touchdown where they threw the touchdown to Eric Fisher <laughs> yeah. at Kansas City. Well, so they drew, he drew, he drew this up, and it was it was kind of the question was why wouldn't the Ravens know? Because he has to report eligible in the in the. The official will even say number 72 is reporting eligible. So the Ravens should know, oh, well, we should probably keep an eye on him. But they drew it up, and the way they did it was Fisher didn't tell the ref he was reporting as eligible until he was in behind the offensive line, which formed a line to where the Ravens couldn't see number 72. So he reports. The refs say number 72 is reporting. So instantly the defense probably going, okay, we're 72. We don't quite see it, but now the Raven, now the Chiefs are already coming up to the line. So, well, screw it. we got to get prepared. we got to get set. Yeah. And so then they get set. And then if you look at it, after he reports eligible, he goes over to Patrick Mahomes and dries off his sweaty-ass gloves so he has grip on the gloves to catch the touchdown. It was beautiful. It was a work of art. And then when it comes to Mahomes, I think defensive coordinators, you know the song Wake Me Up When September Ends, that Green Day song? 
Yeah. I think the defensive coordinators who have to play Patrick Mahomes are probably singing that song because in September in his career, he is 10 and 0, 32 pass touchdowns, zero interceptions, and 3,300 pass yards. So he averages 330 per game. That's on pace for if that was a 16 game season, that'd be on pace for 52,000 pass yards, 51 touchdowns, and no picks. That is insane. <laughs> Wow, that's gross. And then it just reminded me, seeing those stats, I forgot, LJ, how awesome. Because I was like, would that be record-breaking? Nope, that's 2013 Peyton Manning. And his. I forgot how amazing (laughs) that season was for Peyton Manning. He had 54,000 yards passing. Or 55,400 yards There is a difference. Yeah, okay. And 55 touchdowns, both records. I I I knew Peyton Manning was great that year, but I just forgot how awesome that offense was. Yeah, that was something else. Um, all right, moving on to the other quarterback in that game. I know we spent a lot of time on Mahomes, but I do want to talk about the Ravens and Chiefs, or the Ravens, Lamar Jackson. And he said after the game, the Chiefs are kind of hit the, the Ravens' kryptonite. And so I kind of want to ask you, LJ, are you worried about Lamar and the Ravens after seeing that game? So this actually is kind of related to what Tony was saying about the the Seahawks um, in that people will be going play action like nobody's business in a couple of years. But I think what we've seen with the Ravens is that makes you a slow recovery team because you depend on your running game. And so the thing that the Chiefs have is they are lightning in a bottle. Every play could be a touchdown. Um, and and the reason is just because they've got so much skill all over the field. Field, But that doesn't mean that the Ravens having this general, like they, they'll probably still win, you know, 12 to 14 games this year. Yeah. Because, I mean, how do you stop them if you can't shut down three of their weapons? You know what I mean? So... Um, and once they've got you on that play action, you're in trouble. So um, it might be it might be a bit of a a large ocean liner, and it's really hard to turn around when you're behind or whatever. But man, when it's working, no tugboat's getting in that way. So well, and, and that's been the thing. So Lamar Jackson is zero and five now when trailing by ten or more points in a game, and it's it, it's kind of I think what we talked about a little last week. And the reason the Chiefs are tough, and it's as you mentioned, LJ, they score on you quick, and now. You kind of can't just pound the rock like the yeah. like the Ravens want to do. And since Jackson took over as a permanent starter in 2008, they've gone 21 and one against everyone not named the Chiefs in the regular season. <laughs> Damn, and they are 0 and three against the Chiefs. Damn. <laughs> I, are you worried about Lamar, Dad? He had probably his worst passing game. I think he only had like 90 something yards passing in the game. Are you worried about Lamar moving forward, or is this kind of something they can build on and? Improved. Uh, well, I'll tell you one thing that did worry me about it, and that was Lamar Jackson's body language in that game. It really, I mean, when Mark Andrews dropped that, you know, didn't make that catch, which would have been a good catch, but a catch that he should have made, no that doubt. That he makes a lot of That times. he makes and should have made. But Lamar Jackson's over rolling his eyes. I, I remember Aaron Rodgers doing this maybe a couple years ago. And, and I just don't see – Mahomes doing something like that and you know he's like come on we'll get him next and and the thing is I don't want to get this back Mahomes might throw another one the next play Lamar Jackson such that oh I made a good ca- a good pass a good read and the guy dropped it that's it's a little more detrimental uh to him yeah. but so the thing that worried me a little bit about Lamar Jackson is his body language I do think Harbaugh will take care of that cuz I think he is a hell of a coach although he got out coached completely Monday night yeah, but I think that's unusual. I think Harbaugh will get that get that shit back selling the right way. Sure, Tony. Well, I want to uh, continue what Lifford just said because to me this was the big thing. The, 
the Chiefs just flat out coached and out schemed Baltimore on Monday night. It was as if this was the Super Bowl. They were trying to come out and make a statement. And I don't know if they wanted to land a punch early in the season to let everybody and get everybody scared of them because I don't know how you could get more scared. <laughs> but I am. Moms, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, defensively, to me, the most impressive thing, as much as Mahomes played uh, that well, the Kansas City defense was just on point on everything. And even with that, and this is why I'm not worried about Baltimore. Even with that, Baltimore was one or two plays away from being in the ball game. Yeah, they uh, inch Mark, right back into it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. the Mark Andrews catch. If he catches that, they had built momentum. He catches that, they're on a roll. Um, he had another catch down the middle, twenty yard play. He catches that, they've got a first down. Kansas City demolished Baltimore on third down. That was just amazing to watch. They Kansas City was ten of twelve or something like that on third down, and Baltimore they were unstoppable. And so that you know, it's it's so frustrating to a defense that you hold an offense for the first and second down. They had third and five, third and six, and they were just plunk, plunk, plunk. They just couldn't get pressure on Mahomes and. And I, my only concern for Kansas City is that that Andy Reid put too much out on tape in this game, uh, and Baltimore will learn from it. John Harbaugh is a great coach; they'll figure this out and and they'll get a scheme better for the next time they play anybody, let alone the Chiefs. But uh, I'm I'm not worried about the Ravens at all. But Kansas City, hey, props to Kansas City's defense and that defensive coordinator because they really schemed a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that puts a bow on it perfectly. We've all left, rightfully so, we all left watching that game. Mahomes is so awesome, which he did put on a show. What really should scare the AFC is how good that defense looked because they were up mm-hmm. 24 to 10 and a half, and seven of those points came on Duvernay's long kickoff return yeah. for the Ravens. It yeah. easily could have been 24 yeah. to 3. So that defense looked really good. When you have that offense rolling and that defense playing just solid, Not even they don't have to be great. They just have to be solid. Yeah. And that's hey, to be. Let me say this last thing. Hey, David Duvernay runs like there's a red wasp after him. Man, he can fly. He was fast. Women and children to get the hell out of the way. Wow. That was amazing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, from Monday night over to Sunday night, we got to see two, again, two future Hall of Famers going at it. I don't think LJ has much yeah, of a, a group with, with this that, one yeah. with Rodgers and Breeze. Um, I left that night, uh, Sunday night's game, just I'm in love with the Packers this year. I really think the Packers are extremely dangerous. Last year we kept saying, yeah, the record's good, but I don't know. This year they're 3-0, and and I think they are more than warranted yeah. with it. I mean, Rodgers is back to making average guys look really good. They put up 37 points, and he threw for almost 300 yards with no Devontae Adams. He was throwing to – Lazard and and all and all all the folks out there. Mercedes Lewis apparently is still a Packer. I didn't even know he's still on the team. He's been there for a while now. I, and the defense is good enough. I don't think they're they're great, but they're good enough. And I think they'll get better as the time goes on. Pops, what did you think leaving that game, the the Packers Saints game? Well, I I think it told me more about Green Bay because I'm I'm with you on Aaron Rodgers. I think he's playing lights out. I'm going to tell you, he's got that guy in the backfield. He's never had a running back. That I Aaron can Jones recall, is so good. Aaron Jones is is an amazing running back, and he may only be second in uh, to the other guy on the field, uh, Kamara. That guy, do you know he's put on a show? Kamara is the number five receiver in the whole NFL. Oh my God. Receiver number <laughs> he five. He had thirteen receiver. catches for one hundred and fifty nine yards on Sunday night. Oh, uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers though. Back to him. I mean, he makes uh, Lazard, Alan Lazard, look you know like an all pro. I mean, he is just that good. And and also, just as a, oh, by the way, the hard count that he's always had and has always worked well for him really seems to work in these empty – With no fans. With, with no fans, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I think New Orleans will be okay. I'm a little worried about Breeze, but he still didn't have Michael Thomas, and that is a difference maker. So it told me a lot more about Green Bay, and, and I'm with you on how tough Green Bay looks to be this year. Yeah, it just seems that Rodgers and LaFleur really, whatever it is, they synced up and they're they're just scoring at a, at a high clip. Putting up 37 on that defense without Devontae Adams was really impressive mm-hmm. to me. Tony, what did you think? Are you kind of leaving more impressed with the Packers or worried about Breeze and the Saints? No, uh, the, the Packers came in with a great plan, and I, I think that's that was that was really well. It, the, what that game told me, which the, the game the previous week told me, is how valuable Michael Thomas is. And I don't think you 
the Saints, as much as they've been starting to try to prepare for Drew Brees' exit, they have not been preparing for Michael Thomas's backup. Traquan Smith has not been able to step in to be a big receiver. Emmanuel Sanders is talking still, about bi- talking about big gaps. There's a big gap between Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah you could, that's a big gap. And so and and so uh, Emmanuel Sanders has never been a number one wide receiver. Uh, he's always been a two, a very good one. Don't get me wrong, but he just hasn't been that guy that's going to catch 10, 12 catches for 150 yards and get you a couple of touchdowns. So and and they. You know, Jared Cook, I believe, is hurt or got hurt. I can't remember. He, got, so he tweaked something. I can't remember. And, what, but he did, and yeah. so that that's the reason Alvin Kamara is fifth wide receiver in the in the, the league is because he's the only guy he's got. And I, I heard a stat there that this is the fifth year in a row where Breeze has been 25th or less in air yards per target. And so <clears throat> this is nothing new with how he runs the, the offense and what his arm strength is. I, I'm not concerned about Breeze. That's not it. I, he just doesn't – I think we've seen what Michael Thomas does for that offense, and and, and that's that's the difference. Yeah, I'm concerned about Breeze, but I want to see the concerns continue when Michael Thomas is in the lineup because it, I think a lot of quarterbacks would get worse when you lose Michael Thomas. I, all that said – the Saints get the Lions, Chargers, a bye week, then the Panthers and Bears, so they could easily be five and two here. Well, here and a, also here like, yeah, so, the, so. the only reason to be doom and gloom about the Saints at all is that little that little set of numbers in the parentheses by their name, because it's not like Breeze had a bad game last week. I mean, statistically, he was better than Rogers, um, who we're talking about makes heroes out of nobodies. Um, so I, I don't know that we necessarily need to worry about Breeze at all. Like, there's it's all good. This is just they yeah. they had a rough break for the first couple of games. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to, I, and I was ready to be early on Breeze and say he's washed last week. I've I've taken a one eighty. I'd rather be late and calling Breeze washed than early, just because I just want to see yeah. it for sure until I'm until I jump on yeah. that bandwagon and look foolish. Yeah. Hey, and here's the last thing. I, I think this is a this is a good clue for every general manager in the NFL. If you've got a quarterback who's not performing as well as you think they can, you you draft a rookie <laughs> quarterback behind yeah. him. And see how that pisses them off. <laughs> yeah. I think Jordan Love and yeah. him coming to town. Aaron's like, you did what? Okay, MF, here you go. And that's yeah. really lit a fire on it. Well, I mean, yeah. I think that's a great point because, like, the type of person you want to be your quarterback is somebody that is uber competitive, right? Like, so you mm-hmm. want somebody that's going to get a fire lit under their ass when somebody's standing right behind them. And so yeah. why not light the yeah. fire under their ass? Like, why not use that <laughs> mentality that they should have to yeah. your benefit? That. That would make them break up with their hot girlfriend. That'll work it every time. Or marry him. I guess <laughs> yeah. if you're Russell Wilson, you got to marry him. But you yeah, break up with your hot girlfriend, way. that'll help. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to move on and talk about the bad, bad, bad NFC East. But before I want to, I want to talk about something else, and that's we, when we're talking when we're talking about bad. There's nothing worse than and doing a little trimming <laughs> down below the belt and getting some nicks and tugs and and scratches and and. and if you draw blood, that's real, real bad. But we want to make that a thing of the past. 2020 is a year we of things specifically on this podcast want to make that a thing of the past. Yeah. That's our mission. Yeah, we here. That is our goal. And we know 2020 has put things out of your control, but you can keep control of shaving below the belt. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that is designed to give you confidence boost 
through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed specifically to reduce all those nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also just released the Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on for the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 has a luxurious four-piece nail kit and featured tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tipped tweezers, Tony, tipped tweezers, <laughs> rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. They got it all, and the Shears 2.0 Nail Kit also allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim those nails in style. Right now, go check on the website and find uh, all the great things that Manscaped has offered for you. And if you go right now to manscaped.com and check out some of those things, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code ARMCHAIR. Again, that's manscaped.com. Put in the promo code ARMCHAIR, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R, and get 20% off and free shipping it's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. All right, <laughs> let's go to the NFC lease. And front again, hey, trunk. Hey, Kevin. Okay. Hey, Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> yes. Kevin, I just don't want to. I tried to one. just move on right past <laughs> No, it's okay. One thing about that manscape, I, I, you know, I've been kind of kidding about that LED light, but you know what? It, it, it doubles as a flashlight, and it's amazing. <laughs> so you save, you get a two for one thing. I, I, I recommend it highly. Oh man, I can see highly. I can see Tony out there <laughs> with his crickets. We're, we're coming into that that fall winter season where you might lose that power. Man, I'm telling you that. Long He's out there in the forest where he shit, records the my, podcast. Where's my flashlight? Yeah, Cindy's like Cindy's like, why is your flashlight buzzing? What's up with that? Hey baby. <laughs> No, that, that's not a lawnmower 3.0, Dad. That's something else, but we don't need to talk about oh, it. Oh, okay. Beacon in the dark. <laughs> oh, God. Well, all right, so the... Oh, well, I just else? got a problem with your transitions. I just feel like we can't talk about uh, the lawnmower 3.0 without moving on to the tripod. Uh, I feel like going to the NFC least is uh, not as good as going to BDN, <laughs> is all I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> well, we could knock out. All right, well, let's, let's go right over to the tripod, and that is Nick Foles is now the new starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. And I just want to say, on that game, the Falcons have now become the most entertaining bad team I've ever seen in my entire How life. How do they lose I mean, these they games? Somehow, How do they lose them? What are they doing? <laughs> I was watching the game with some friends, and like it was a 26 to 10, I believe, like in the fourth quarter. What was it? Ah, which well, is familiar. It, it, I was watching. It was a. It was a. It was out of reach, and I kind of. We were joking. We we're like, wouldn't it be something? I mean, that would be crazy. There's no way it'll happen. But if they let another team come back, sure enough, Red Zone Channel goes back, and Nick Foles is throwing more touchdowns. And now we have uh, the the first team in NFL history to lose twice in one season while holding a 15 plus point lead. And the Falcons have done it in back-to-back weeks. Dan Quinn, it's time to pack those bags, pack those masks, and, and it's time for you to leave the ATL. I saw that uh, against the Cowboys, they had a 99.9% chance of winning, and and during this game, they had a 99.1% chance of winning. So the chances <laughs> of losing those two games is like 1 in 990,000 or something like that. Oh, hell. Dan Quinn no. scoffs at that. <laughs> Why? that. He's like, hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> That's a parlay right yeah. there. That uh, <laughs> so, and going back to that game, if I just, I kind of want to go back to uh, Nick Foles and and then making the, Matt Nagy making the switch. So, we already know that the Falcons are 
prone to giving up big leads. And Trubisky earlier in the year came back from a big lead against the Lions. And for them to bench him in half, I know he threw a terrible interception. That Doesn't that pop all but show that Nagy was just waiting on a reason to get rid of Trubisky? And I think almost he was afraid that Trubisky would somehow come back in this game. Yeah. And then he stuck with him. I mean, it seemed, it seemed a little early to pull the trigger. What do you think? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head <laughs> because, I mean, they're playing Atlanta who could lose any game they're in. <laughs> And if Trubisky comes back from that deficit and wins, it's like, how the hell can I There's pull him out now? There's six more games the Chicago won't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> exactly. We're going to stick with so Mr. Like, Biscuit. <laughs> let's just put the tripod in and <laughs> let him go ahead and win this game because we're going to win it anyway, and, and we'll be better moving forward. I think there is some legitimacy to that. Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy was at halftime going, there's no way. I know Dan Quinn just is dying to blow this game, and I'm not letting it make me stick with Mitch Trubisky for another it's week. It's like playing Bill O'Brien. You got to think when you're playing the Falcons, you know? <laughs> oh, I, the, maybe the happiest person that Nick Foles is in at quarterback might be Allen Robinson because he looked really good after Nick Foles came True in. That, maybe yeah. it helps to have a, thro- a catchable ball thrown your way. <laughs> um. All right, moving. Wait, let's let's go back to the uh, LJ. You were correct that the transition was clear and obvious, and I just I just missed it there. Just missed it. Um, going back to the NFC least, as we thought after week one, once again after week through week three, the Redskins again. Oh, sorry, the Washington Football Team now sits again atop the NFC least, which is unthinkable. Yeah. Uh, that 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 division is just so terrible. Do you, Pops? I want to ask. Do you want to talk Cowboys or Eagles first? I, <laughs> I don't know. It almost They're be both. better to talk about the Razorbacks right now. Oh. <laughs> well, that might be as bad. Uh, I guess go Cowboys. Let's get that crap out of the way. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's get the Cowboys out of the way. They lost 38-31 to the Seahawks. Uh, the Cowboys seem just good enough to be dangerous, but just bad enough to to do what the Cowboys always do. What, what's your thoughts leaving that game, Pops? Well, I mean, how many times did we get beat? Two, three times? And, I mean, thank God, one time, uh, who's the guy that knocked the ball out of D.K. Metcalf's hand? Um, you know, I mean. Mm-hmm. Jordan Lewis, I think, came up. I can't remember. The, 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 the D-back that got burned completely uh, and Metcalf and slowed what, down. They, they got burnt multiple times multiple in that game. Multiple so times. It's hard to remember uh, which one was And which. then, do you want to talk about Dallas special teams? Let's see. You had a missed <sighs> point after attempt. You had a blocked point after attempt. And then you had Tony Pollard, who can't feel the ball uh, on a kickoff return and puts his team at the one-yard line for God's And then the sake. following play – Ezekiel Elliott trips over the turf monster trying to get out of his own end zone. <laughs> I, you know, Dallas, I do think, has some offensive skill. I think they can th- – those receivers, I'd probably put them up another against – Another one, Cedric Wilson, add another one to the talented receivers. Uh, I guess anyone. Uh, but, God, that defensive backfield is is not playing very well. Maybe uh, Ben Kotwicka yeah. is uh, hiring at that in and out in Round Rock. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, LJ, you'll get this, but I, after watching the game, I was thinking, what is my thoughts leaving? And I just kind of want to go the Kevin Malone method, just wor- less words, better. Uh, defense bad, offense good. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Cowboys, just yeah. Gonna, Cowboys are just going to Cowboys. What do you think, Tony? Man, uh, I want to keep this as short as possible because I'm, I'm feeling a little sick to my stomach. Uh, the uh, it's For some reason, Dallas defensively, they lose a linebacker. Sucks. 
<laughs> yeah, they suck. But Dallas, if they lose a linebacker, they just don't know how to recover. Leighton Vandrish not being uh, playing. It's, you know, Sean Lee was the same way. When they didn't have Sean Lee, when they were dependent on him, they were just terrible. And they're terrible now. And it shouldn't matter. And people were talking about how great the Dallas front four was going to be and all the pressure we were going to put on people. Come on, man. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's not there. They're just not talented on defense like they thought they were. And um, maybe they shouldn't have drafted C.D. Lamb. Maybe they should have drafted that safety. But uh, uh, C.D. Lamb's good. But I, yeah. I don't know. We were we could sure use a safety. <laughs> yeah. It just I think what sep- I think that game shows me exactly. And not that I still say we should pay like the Cowboys should pay Dak. But that game separates to me where Dak is from the elite. There's there's the Mahomes and Russell Wilsons and Aaron Rodgers. And then Dak's not far behind him, but he's behind him. He's clearly he's on tier two. Yeah. I mean, you look back. So the Cowboys, the Seahawks on yet another inexplicable blown coverage by the Cowboys take a late seven-point lead. And the Cowboys then get the ball with a minute 47, three timeouts, and a quarterback who has been shredding the defense for, to the tune of 420 mm. yards at that point. And they end up throwing, and Dad, we talked about this, time management. It just seemed like check down Ezekiel Elliott, check down Amari Cooper, check down Schultz. And they end up blowing through all the time and have to call a time, like all three timeouts. And then – then sacked late where they forced to call that third time out. And then I give him credit. He broke out of the pressure. And that was a really impressive way of breaking out and staying on his feet and then throws the interception when you didn't have to throw a pick. It was third down. You, he threw it up for grabs like it was a Hail Mary play. That's close. He's just not there yet. Yeah, I, and I agree. I think that's what that game showed yeah. me. But now, LJ, you're going to love this. The Cowboys next four, we got the Browns, Giants, Cardinals, Washington, Eagles. Next five. Sorry. So that's Winnable game after winnable game. I could easily see the Cowboys rattle off five good weeks, and then all of a sudden you get that Dak for MVP, Super Bowl Cowboys. They're the most talented team in the prime NFL. Time, They're getting time, healthy time. at the right time. I can see it happen, and then they'll end up playing primetime against the Jets and losing. Or <laughs> uh, moving to the, to the Eagles, it, I thought it can't get much worse than the Cowboys, but wait, there's actually two more teams in this division that are worse. The Eagles and basically Washington's just – not one of them. I just want to make that very clear. <laughs> the team without a nickname is not one of them. The Eagles basically literally, literally punted on a tie. They, they just punted and took a tie. And I think it might lead to bigger questions about Wentz I have in a minute. But that last drive, they had first and 10 at their own 45 with a minute and 41. and they, So the, all they need is a field goal. And they end up just check down, check down, check down. And then instead of either going for it or kicking a field goal with 19 seconds left, they just punt, which all but guaranteed stop. Maybe I hate guaranteeing a tie, but maybe in an NFC East where you're only going to need to win seven games, maybe that tie will come back to help. I mean, I don't know. Tony, what's McNabb think, still helping yeah. him make play calls? Or, Is that what's happening there? <laughs> That's, he's calling in. He's dialing you in know, from the trailer. I was looking back, LJ, at McNabb's quote after that yeah. game where he said he didn't know the rules, which I, I believe was also against the Bengals, which is <laughs> odd, but... His quote was not only did he not realize that he's like, I guess that's in the rules, whatever. But then he followed up with saying, I wonder what that just would suck if that happens in the playoffs or Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl that we're just going to end up in a tie. McNabb really thought the wild card round would just end. It would go, well, the Eagles and the the Eagles and the Bengals have tied. So I guess we'll advance both. <laughs> what? Half of each team and they both have to go play like the, you know, whatever. Man. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, Kevin, you named it. I, I think at the time 
all the Peterson's thinking, well, I'll play the long game. A a tie in this division is almost as good as a (laughs) win. Yeah, that's true. You know, if I'm seven, eight, and one, I'm in the playoffs. And uh, it's just, they're just terrible. They're just terrible. And they're just, you know, I got a thought on wins, but I'll let you go around. Is there any much? Is there anything else that you can add to that, Pops? Or just yeah? Uh, no, I just so. But Washington, I don't think they can win the division. The Giants, damn sure can't. So Philly, really, I think is their only competition. And Philly, they probably should have conceded to the tie. The way you know where the ball was. If they don't make the kick, then they give the Bengals a chance to get down there and. And and make the kick. I guess that's all right. But God, that's like kissing your sister. No offense, sis. I love you. But uh, <laughs> you know, uh, just the NFC least makes me sick at my stomach, like Tony and said. Like you said, the Giants, the 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 G men made. Be, they're they're clearly the worst team in the NFC East. But they are they the worst team in the New, in New York? And that's also <laughs> talking about the. I mean, yeah, the New no. York teams lost thirty six to nine and thirty six to seven. A combined seventy two to sixteen. To be a fan in New York's got to be yeah, tough. No kidding. I mean, that's just got to be terrible. What? What? Who do you think, Tony? Who's the worst team? The Jets or the Giants Jets. in New York? Oh, Jets by a long shot. <laughs> oh, that was quick. Golly, yeah, they are. They're terrible. They're and they may actually. No offense, to LJ. They may actually win Thursday night. But oh no, you're uh, right. No, none taken. But um, God, yeah, I love that we segue that to. They're also prime wow. time on Thursday they're night against the goddamn. They're just terrible. <laughs> terrible. Uh, no, no. And the Giants have had some really bad luck, but there's more talent on that team than there is on the Jets. And, and their coach is better than the Jets coach. So Is that just because we don't know as much about Judge? I mean, maybe <laughs> no, we just yeah, know. That may be it. So I a mean, rookie coach is better than, you know, what? He's How long yeah. is uh, I mean, Gase, you know? Too long. Yeah. Jason Garrett, uh, Jason Garrett can at least coordinate. Coach an offense. He can't coach a full team, but he can coach eleven guys. He can't coach twenty two. But he, <laughs> you know, he. I think you know he. He. They'll be. They'll be okay. I, I, here's my predict. I'll, I'll give you my prediction. I think uh, this is Haskins last week as quarterback of the Redskins. I think Kyle Allen takes over, and I think the Redskins win the division with a with a football nice, team. Uh, well, yeah, the Washington football team wins the division. Because somebody's going to have to say football team all through the playoffs. But I think the Redskins <laughs> wow. win the division with Kyle Allen, the quarterback. And uh, and Alex Smith will come in in the wild card game and, and win it, and they'll be in the division as far as I'm Okay. Going. That is something. If that comes yeah. true, that well, is I'm something. I'm looking oh, at uh, yeah. AG for that Book right it. there. Let's see if that's just Book it, Dano. Book it. <laughs> All right, speaking of, LJ, you mentioned the bet online. Uh, let's get our bet online locks of the oh, week. God. Looking back to last oh. week. Um, LJ took the speaking of the R words, you took the Washington football team, and you're wrong. Yep. <laughs> that did not work out. They lost by much more. Uh, Tampa Bay, we had, uh, was it Tony? You took Tampa yep. Bay, rightfully so. Hey, Mr. 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 Goat himself took care of you there. Pops, you took the Bills at minus two and a half, and they came through for Ooh, you. Uh, half Tony a point. might have to <laughs> buy. Well, we can thank the boys in stripes maybe for that one. Um, <laughs> And then on the uh, on the lock of the week, I took the Chiefs plus three and a half. So I guess I'm right, but I actually I let my dumb brain talk me into the Ravens by the time Monday night rolled around. So I didn't actually win any money. I didn't listen to myself. Hopefully the listener listened to me, but I didn't. Uh, so that gets us to this week's bets. Do you have Tony? We'll go with you first. Lock of the week. Your bet online. Lock of the week. You're gonna like this one. 
I'm taking the Dolphins six and a Whoa. half against the uh, uh, Seahawks. Okay. You know, I, I, I said it last week. Uh, Miami is a lot better team. They were the best 0-2 team out there, and I think they showed that last week. They've got a young, aggressive secondary, uh, and I think they'll, they, they'll at least try <laughs> to keep up with Seattle. I don't know that they'll be able to beat them, but I think with Fitzmagic down in Miami, with Seattle coming all the way across the country – because you can't get much farther than going from Seattle down to Miami. It's a pretty long way. So um, yep. I, I think that uh, I think the Dolphins have a shot in this one, and I, I like the Dolphins getting six and a half. And it may move to seven. Uh, yeah, I was about to say if you wait on that, that could move to yeah. seven, seven and a half by Sunday, yeah. and then yeah. that could be a good week for old Fitzmagic. That, that the the yeah. Seahawks pass offense. I read a that stat they've a, given up the most passing yards wow. in the first yes. three weeks so far yes. in NFL history. That is so. a trap game if I've ever seen one right there. Seattle come off a and big win noted. with the with the yeah so. Mm-hmm. I, I like I the like, Dolphins in that one. I like the dogs pick. I like going with the underdog. Pops, what are you, what are you thinking? Well, I'm going to go with Las Vegas Raiders at home uh, against Buffalo. Um, you know, they're getting a see, back game? three points. I just think Buffalo, you know, after that hard-fought win that they got a little help on, I could see them. And they're going now they're going to the West Coast pretty much. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I really like uh, Las Vegas uh, getting three points on that game. That's my I like line. that one too. I like that. Too. I kind of think the Raiders are better than we. I don't think they're great, but they're better because I think it's been a joke for so long because Gruden says some of the silliest things. <laughs> but I think they're not a bad team. I think they just ran up to they. They go a lot to Darren Waller and mm-hmm. Belichick's like you're just not going to beat us with him. And the and the Raiders had no other answer. He completely took Waller away, didn't he? I just. Took him away, just which is what he does. Yes, took it, which is what they do every single week, which is impressive. Yep. Uh, my lock of the week, I'm going to go with – I thought about going in the battle of the winless with the Texans over the Vikings, but I think I'm going to go cards minus three and a half over the Panthers. I just think that Panthers defense is terrible. I think Kyler Murray is going to put up a lot of points against them. So I'm going to go – Cardinals minus three and a half for my pick. LJ, what do you got? Well, I did want to go with the Bills over the Raiders because they're going to the West Coast. It's easier to 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 gain some time to play that game or whatever. But um, but I, so so I'm going to throw a dart at the wall because I don't know. I've not known what I'm talking about for three weeks here. <laughs> so I'm just going to say Baltimore's going to win by more than thirteen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I think that's a that's a huge line, and they're trying to get people afraid to take Baltimore. But Baltimore's got to come out and oh dominate, God. and they're playing. They're going to destroy the Washington football team. There's no doubt about it. And you're if, taking if, if the, Tony's you're, right, the Ravens plus or minus thirteen. Minus thirteen, right. yeah. You know, there's another well, minus Tony's thirteen right, out there. Then Haskins could throw a couple picks early, get that game way out of reach. And we just <laughs> talked about the Ravens might not be good with playing with the deficit, but boy, can they play they with the lead? Not they're going to have a deficit one. all game long. That, that should not happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know, there, there's one more I almost picked, and I could have moved if you needed me to, LJ. But Detroit's getting four at home over New Orleans. Ooh. I actually, yeah. I actually like that. Right, so Michael yeah. Thomas could play though, and that yeah, that would play. make a difference. I still think so, but but I mean, then you're saying that that uh, that game is going to be as close as as the Saints versus Green Bay. I mean, I I don't see the Lions getting within four of that game. I just don't see it happening, even without yeah. Michael Thomas. I don't know. I think I think Detroit's better. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. They won't get right. as close. Yeah. Hey, here's a hey, here's an outside one. If you want a five game parlay or six game parlay, uh, Prestige Worldwide is coming Thank in you. with. Uh, yes, that's a win right there. The, whatever it is. Yeah. Let's get at least one win. Let's get one <laughs> win in here, Tony. Bears at home, two point underdogs. 
to the Colts. Okay. So Colts He's are taking banged the up. Drop pod. Pittman's the drop out. Uh, they, they are really banged up coming into a team that's hot and uh, with BDN playing, so, I think uh, he's that. Yeah, prestige, prestige is taking is the third leg. In. All right, I like it. Yeah, so so yeah, Prestige sounds like he's going third leg over extremely fertile. <laughs> yeah. <Phil Rivers>. I <laughs> think this is the game. He may be trying to stretch Allen Robinson into a big day, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 that's a, that's an interesting bet. It's it's tough taking Chicago as a as a dog at home. So. Yeah. Okay, so now moving on, we, I want to get to – we buried the lead a little bit because this might have been the best game of the week, and I believe I know one person that has a, a, an opinion about a play that happened late in this. And I have I have a few takes that I need to be maybe uh, talked off the ledge here, and the first one's about Josh Allen. But before we get to that, I, Tony, Josh Allen came back. Or they had a 28-3 lead, somehow let the Rams come all the way back. And then blew, the Rams blow the game late after what could be called a suspect pass interference call. What did what, you think about that Shit. game there, Tone? Suspect? It was a <laughs> robbery. Are you kidding me? That was all the way. Uh, but uh, no. So here's what I thought about the game. I, and, and so I, you can't do this unless you're, unless you're uh, Philadelphia. But I think both teams won. Uh, that game, and um, because here's here's why I say that it was it was a hard game for the Rams, and they were not expected to win. Uh, but to come across and play as well as they did, who, who I think is your in, your AFC East champion uh, Bills, uh, they showed balance, and they have they're probably the most balanced offensive team in the league right now as far as run and pass combination, and and I thought that was very interesting to see. Uh, they've got balance on defense, but man, Josh Allen is really a force to be reckoned with. And now we'll see a- another good reason for them to be suspect going to the Raiders is John Brown is going to be out with a calf injury. Mm. Uh, Cole Beasley is going to have to really step up and be more than just a-, a side thought. And you saw he caught, I think, caught 10 balls or caught 100 yards yeah. uh, uh, in that comeback and or, or in that game. And uh, so it'll be interesting. But I think the Rams show that they can travel and are balanced, and they are going to be in just about every game they play. Yeah, I thought that game showed me. I mean, the the, the Bills are good, and I think that just you should keep solidifying every week that they're just good. But that it looked like Sean McVay is back fully. Like they 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 sucked in that first half, but then he whatever he did at halftime, he figured out that defense and started shredding them. So I think they'll be fine moving forward. Pops, you, you, do you have any overlying thoughts on that one? No, I, I didn't even get to see the game, so I didn't get to see well, uh, one I, second of it. I'll, uh, I'll throw out that, that I, I agree kind of with Tony that, that basically a team that's not given up when they're down by, you know, 18 points in week three, I mean, that's a good sign for the future. I mean, that's, that's yeah. something to look forward to right there. And also, like – And the fact they lost on a blown call, they they still feel like – they don't yeah. feel like so they So you can't they, chalk it they, as they a W it. on your official board, but you can chalk it as a W in your locker room a little bit because – I mean that that's going to be a competitive league with those wild card spots might be available for them. So, um, so I feel pretty good about the the Rams in that, but I also feel pretty good about the Bills. I mean, they outright won that first half, which is you know, uh, yeah, I guess you know something only the Falcons can do. So, um, <laughs> but, but man, I, you're you're dead on. I've been trying to trying to say that the Bills are going to be great since about 2008, and so I don't want to say too much. <laughs> um, but I like well, what I see. So that's why this question interests me. I got a question. I, I think I have, and I noticed myself kind of defending it uh, earlier this week or on Sunday during the game. And 
I know Josh Allen is playing great. He's being talked about about in the MVP race right now. I still don't think Josh Allen is good. And I don't know if I'm just being dumb and I need to just punt on this take or if I should commit to it. Because what's going to happen is I end up being really right and the Josh Allen I think is the real Josh Allen comes out. Or I end up sticking with this and I end up having to root against a guy who, say what you want about Josh Allen, he is fun yeah, as hell to watch. He is, he is fun really to fun watch. watch. So LJ, do you think I just need to punt on well, this I mean, tape, or do you think I I'm gotta might? get a little deeper? Like, why are you a hater? Like, why why don't you think that he is what you see? What what do you think you see so, outside of what's being portrayed on Sundays every week? I think he he's a guns he has the worst uh, parts of a gunslinger at times, where he'll just he'll just chunk it and pray, and then he does the thing. He pulled it out again where he's running cross the line of scrimmage and decided, you know what? Sounds good. Let's throw it backwards to the guy that's 15 yards the other way. That is so dangerous to me. And then I've seen him multiple times, even this year, guys are open and he just overthrows them big time. He still has accuracy problems. But and that same token, he's also thrown for 400 yards, 300 yards. I mean, he's really good. So I don't I don't know. I, I, I'm i getting more torn on it because like week two, I was like, no, this is a fluke. He's bad. Week three, I'm like, OK, he might just be really good. I I just don't know what to think. I though. mean, I think I'll, I'll tell you all I can tell you is my, my opinion and you can do with that, which what do with that what you want. I think he's really good. I think that you would have hated on uh, Brett Favre for quite a few years. Um, and I. Uh, and that would have sucked rooting against a guy that's yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that's all I can tell you right there is is you might want to think about punting on that one, but I don't know. You might be right. You can be right. Does it does anyone like out of Pops, Tony, do either one of y'all think that are y'all both fully bought in on Josh Allen as a, a good franchise quarterback? I yeah, I think fully bought in is is strong, but I'm starting to drink the bathwater, I guess, a little bit. Uh um, I mean, he he's 6'5", 237, great size. I think, what, is this his third year in the league, yeah, Tony? Mm-hmm. Didn't you mention yep. Mahomes? Yeah. You know, this is when they start feeling it. He certainly showed improvement. Um, I, I like Josh Allen. I'm not ready to make him my franchise quarterback yet, but I think I would watch this year and think about signing him up. At, you know, at the end, if he keeps playing this way. Well, true. And they might go ahead and sign him to an extension at the end of this year just to get ahead of it if he keeps yeah. balling. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, I, and I said this, I guess, last week. I, I took him over Kyler Murray and got a little grief about that. And, yeah. Um, but yeah. 6'5", 237, you're either, you're, you're either 6'5", or you're not. And, and he is. <laughs> and, uh, and so – that solves a lot of problems. I can't disagree with anything said. That solves a lot of problems. But here, I will say this, Kevin, and, and this will be key over the next two years. He has some Carson Wentz in him in that you've got these tool sets, but if he doesn't continue to have talent around him, perhaps he's not that kind of guy like a Brett Favre uh, or an Aaron Rodgers in his first couple of years that can uh, grow a team around him rather than a team – grow around him. And I hope that makes sense that you don't, he's got to have talented folks around him to be really good. He can make people around him talented. And so um, you're seeing that kind of with Russell Wilson. When we talk about uh, Tyler Lockett, he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, he, but he's a really good receiver. So uh, that's my concern is that could he, he could be the next Carson Wentz. And for four years, man, we think this is the next, you know, the next coming. And all of a sudden, Man, without any talent, he's he's nothing. Yeah, and I think 
I really like part of your thoughts. One of my things about Josh Allen this year I think is really helping him is I think Brian Dayball is a really good offensive coordinator coming from Alabama. And I think whatever the same way we talked about LaFleur and Rodgers are in sync, I think Dayball and Josh Allen, they just seem to be in sync with each other. And that helps a lot when you're a quarterback. And kind of the downfall on Wentz was we thought it was Doug Peterson, but maybe Frank Wright was kind of the quarterback whisperer because Wentz has not been the same guy since Wright left. But I think I'm leaning now towards buying in on him. But we got the Raiders coming up, Titans, and then Chiefs. So in three weeks, we could know a lot more about Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. Let's rehab this conversation in three weeks. Yeah, let's absolutely. Yeah. If he outdoors Patrick Mahomes in week six on Thursday well, Night Football, we will have a conversation to be had. Yeah, start well, fitting him for his jacket, dude. Sure That's right. That's right. Um, and then last topic, let's real quick. You mentioned Carson Wentz, and that's my second one, that I'm not – I'm the exact opposite of where I am on Josh Allen. I think Carson Wentz is good. I just remember watching that MVP year, or what would have been an MVP year if he didn't get hurt probably. And that was the same year the tripod came in and won a Super Bowl. But I, I still see that and think Carson Wentz is a really good quarterback, but I don't know what's going on. It, lately, if you've watched him this year, he's sucked. And I would I feel like I'd love for him on my team, yet the fans who the, the Eagles fans who watch him every single week are starting to turn on him. So I I don't know. Are you Still believing in Wentz pops, or are you kind of thinking maybe that was a fluke and this is the real Wentz? Well, let me tell you about Wentz. Wentz is uh, 6'5", 237 <laughs> also, surprisingly. Um, I heard I heard when you're either 6'5", or you're not. Yeah, you either <laughs> are or you're not. Said. Um, you know, his TD to interception ratio, he's 100 TDs, 41 uh, interceptions. I mean, that's that's not bad. That's um, he's 6.8 yards per attempt. Josh Allen is 6.9. Um, his winning percentage is 55%, you know, give or take. He's got no help this year, none in front of him. So For the so, second straight year, he's got no receiver I, to throw to. So I think I think you kind of hit it. I think Frank Reich might have had a lot to do with that. I think an offensive line could help. Good God, somebody give him a receiver. Um, you know, he's got Zach Ertz and <laughs> Dallas Godair. Uh I don't even know well, if I'm Goddard saying Goddard. Well, Goddard got hurt again. Goddard, Goddard, Goddard got hurt. Again. So yeah. um, I still I still like Wentz. I'm not ready to yeah. give up on him by any stretch, but he needs some help. Like Tony was alluding to, you, you need skillful guys around you. It really helps you look good. Mm. Well, yeah, Josh Allen got a lot better when Stephon Diggs walked yeah. through that door. So <laughs> it helps yeah. when you have a target. Tony, yeah. are you kind of in that same mindset? Yeah. Or are you kind of getting so out for on me, Wentz? Carson Wentz is like, have you ever seen a dog when – you keep slapping a dog, and you see him, and he starts. He's, now he sees your hand come up, and he starts wincing. You know, he starts moving around, and hence the name Wince. You know, I think Carson Wince was the same that way. That must be why they called that. that. He, Carson Wince gets the football, and he's already going. Oh, I'm gonna get hit, and it's really hard to throw an accurate pass when when you're waiting for the hit. And I think that's what he he has gotten. A, he's gotten gunshot, and I can't blame him. Um, and, and so I think that's what his issue is. If we get him, if you get him some protection, uh, and Alshon Jeffrey maybe back this week, probably back the next week. I bet um, he'll be a game time decision because Alshon Jeffrey's oh, always a game always, time but decision. He's playing. It actually gives Carson somebody to say, "Okay, I'm about to get hit. I'm gonna throw it where Alshon's supposed to be," and he doesn't have that right now. Yeah. I, and because what it was is that Bengals game, a lot of it he looked like the wind set was bad, but then he has that drive that got him to overtime. That last drive was really good. And I'm like, see, that's the wince I really like. Yeah. But 
Then there's times where he's just throwing ducks. LJ, what do, what do you think? I, sounds like you are talking me into staying in on the Wentz. I don't have a reason to, but I'm not a Wentz believer. I'm just not. I don't see it. I think he's he's got talent. I just don't see it happening for him. So I'd say hold strong. Well, Colin bro. Coward said he wears his hat backwards, so he's oh, not a franchise Colin Coward, <laughs> If Colin Coward's on my team, I'm changing teams. That's a fact. So, <laughs> so I'm all about Wentz well, right now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And all right, so just, I – this may help you because I just traded him for Deshaun Watson in the Razorback Fantasy Football League. So there you go. Oh, so Wentz is about to catch yeah. fire. Yeah, he's about to go oh, off. Oh man, go off. Yeah. All right, so uh, now we've had we've had this little uh, discussion, and I think I've come away with Wentz. I'm staying in on. I'm staying on Wentz. I'm not ready to go bail on him. Josh Allen. I'm going to just stay on the fence for a second. I'm not going to jump off of right. this. That's time. a good way to stay be. That's here. A good way to be. And then after week six, after after we know kind of these next three weeks, I may take a hard, a hard and fast stance. But for now, I'm going to stay right. on the we'll fence. Re- we will revisit. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for this week. Of course, we will be back next week to break down all the NFL action. Maybe there will be a Titans-Steelers game. Maybe not. Maybe we'll be like live talking about the, the week while that game's going on. Who knows? Uh, either way, Tony, appreciate you coming on. Pops, LJ, awesome. good talking mm-hmm. to you. We awesome. will be back again next week, guys. Peace, Peace out. Peace. Peace. I did want to say, by the way, when we were talking about the NFC Least, that uh, watching the NFC Least as a non-NFC Least fan is a lot like I think a Canadian feels watching that debate last night. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, they decided weeks and weeks ago. They, this, this next one's going to be more of a town hall thing, so definitely no.